you have a zombie plan in place? I, I do not have a zombie plan yet. How dare you not have a zombie plan? Um, I, I probably should have one. I know that a good function of my plan e- e- equates to a shotgun and some uh, boarded up doors. But uh, <laughs> There you go. Hey, I'm Armando Leduc, producer, film actor, and owner of Leduc Entertainment. I have chosen a life off the beaten path and wanted to find others that are doing the same. Spaghetti on the Wall is a show based on all of the years that I've thrown spaghetti on the wall and nurtured what's stuck. We will share fun stories, ideas, tips, tricks, and more. Welcome to Spaghetti on the Wall. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, depending on what you're watching this podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, another episode of Spaghetti on the Wall with Chris Ronis. What's up, man? Hey, what's up, Armando? How are you, man? Oh, man, I I couldn't be better. I couldn't be better. Uh, I think life is good. Life is good. How about you? Man, that's awesome. I, I would like to say life is good. I think it's all, I think life is an adventure, right? And for me, you're either in a struggle, you just got out of one, or one's coming. And so that's what I'm always thinking about. <laughs> wow, that's a that that's a that's some perspective right there, man. So you so you either leaving a struggle, currently in the struggle, or you're about to or you're about to hit another struggle. Yeah, and it could be one that you brought upon yourself. Maybe you just got a hard goal you're trying to reach, right? But right. The point is that you know that's 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 the name of the game here. That's just life. That's it's right. struggle. That's right. So, are you active duty? Uh, no, I just retired after 27 years serving in the Air Force in the combat rescue, uh, search and rescue, and the helicopter community, and uh, special operations support. So, thank you for your service, sir. Well, well you're worth it. I, well, well, that's awesome. Thank you. That's a very uh, that's like is that something that you've you know sort of came up with or, or or is that like something that you had 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 thought of i'd never heard that no i um people thank us all the time and after 27 years of being thanked i, I didn't want to just say you're welcome i wanted it to have more meaning and and i'd heard that somewhere and i thought yes that's the right response you know that's great that's fantastic man so so you, you're a helicopter pilot yeah yeah are you going to continue flying helicopters uh no not as much because uh I, i'm still flying for fun but not for employment my my passion is to serve at a higher level you know when when you spend your whole life doing search and rescue and, and your credo is that others may live right that that when you live to that uh, retirement for all military folks separating retiring it's just big eye-opening experience because you just left everything right you left your team your tools your purpose your identity yourself and 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 you you'll lose your way if you're not careful and uh and so that's the great segue into what it is that you're doing currently for active duty and and veterans um helping with their mental health that's right and, and their spouses right because it's a team effort it's a team right so talk to me about talk to me about your business which is <laughs> you you matter you matter yeah so mm-hmm. you know i i uh Man, I have I have done things I was told was impossible, and I've been through struggles that uh, I'm not sure how I got through, frankly. And I took all those lessons learned and and uh, hit a a compilation, a moment in time where all those struggles hit me all at once, all those challenges. And you know, when you hit that, you want to fight or you want to flight, and I couldn't do either. I was just there in it. And so uh, I took tools from aviation. Yeah, because in aviation, it's always an emergency waiting to happen, and we always prepare for that. And one of them is this one right here, MATTER, mm-hmm. you matter, M-A-T-R. That's an acronym that we use in aviation 
when we're in that emergency situation to stay calm so that we can get through it. And so I took my experiences, my ex- What's the acronym uh, mean? What's that? What's the oh, acronym? Yeah. yeah, the acronym M is maintain control, right? Just stay calm, breathe, man. A is analyze the situation. And this is for when you're going through it. Like you think this is a crisis you're not going to get through, right? A is analyze the situation. What that really means is what are the facts? Because your emotional mind will start, you know, telling you how terrible everything is about to be. Right. Just focus on the facts. T is take an immediate action. And in the case of this system, the immediate action is talking to your confidants. And we'll get to that. That's probably the single most important foundational piece you can do is having those confidants. And then R is refer to your plan. There's no plan for struggle. Right, but what I what I learned is if if in aviation we can prepare and plan for every possible emergency situation that's out there, then I was able to take those tools and adapt them to life. And you can do the same thing in life. You can just analyze the way you're living, and you can start to see what potential for struggle could happen. And even if you can't prepare for that struggle or challenge yourself to be more resilient by giving yourself a struggle, then at least you have a process for when that surprise struggle comes that you can have a logical step-by-step way to get through it, right? How did you make that connection? What was that inciting incident that drove you into this this piece? Man, it was a really deep emotional story. You know, it was a period of my life where, like I said, a culmination of significant events all happened at one time. And, uh, you know, for me, the, it was it was personal, it was military, and, and it was family. And all those things were competing with each other. My wife and I had lost a child, and in uh, 2017 and that crushed us and we'd moved past that we'd moved on life was going great and COVID hit the pandemic hit we had another child coming and it was a very challenging time because uh, uh, we delivered right in the middle of the pandemic and and uh, things were going great till they weren't the end story is we have a son my wife is fine but it wasn't going to be that way and so for a period of time there my wife was in a situation where she was struggling with her health for during that whole time of the pandemic. And, and at the same time, I was supposed to go uh, on a one-year deployment to Afghanistan. And do I want to go? Yes. I, do I love being a contribution to the fight? Absolutely. But there was no one there to care for my family. And so it was a really challenging struggle of, well, how do I, how do I make sure my family can be taken care of? How do, I, how do I serve my country and what I'm supposed to be doing, right? And and. and like it was just crazy thing where I just felt my arms being pulled off. What happens, Armando, in aviation is is we say, look, when you're when you're going through anything while you're flying, you compartmentalize. You know, you something happened while you're flying, you take that, you put it in a little box, you tuck it in the back of your head, and, and you move on. What I found in my 27 years is a lot of times as aviators, we'll compartmentalize, and you're supposed to kind of open that box up later, and we don't. Whatever, you know, especially combat scenarios and things like that. And so for me, what happened is all those things kind of overlapped with losing some friends at the same time of frame. And I'm thinking about them, thinking about my daughter, thinking about this challenge that my wife's going through with, with my son. I mean, my wife had lost 80% of her blood, you know, and, and recovered from that and got weird illnesses as a result from that. You know, the son was in the NICU. She's in the ICU. It's COVID. I can't see anybody. And, oh, by the way, you're deploying. Like, wait a minute. <laughs> You know, it just didn't make sense. And people wow. came out of the woodwork in the U.S. Air Force to help us. But the process was so big that they couldn't really turn it off. And the only thing that stopped that event from happening uh, was the president said, we're pulling out. And that just changed 
the scenario of the personnel that needed to be in place. It was that, I want to say random, but not random, right? <laughs> Man. And so in that vein, I was going through a really hard time, and I have my go-tos. My number one go-to in the military has always been call the chaplain. Man, he's got the answers, and you can share whatever you got to get off your chest, and they'll listen, and they'll get you to the right resources, right? And they don't judge. And uh, so that was what I did. I called the chaplain, and I remember praying, honestly. I said, Lord, I don't know what to do. You're going to have to get me through this, but this pain in my soul, it hurts so bad, I just wanted it to, to stop. I, I understood veteran suicide at that moment in time. I had lost several friends to suicide. I couldn't understand why, right? And I understood it was a pain so great that you couldn't endure. And, uh, you know, my message through my faith was, hey, you're going to get through this and you're going to take notes and you're going to teach others how you did it. And so here I am. Damn. Uh, sorry to, I'm sorry to hear that. No, nah, don't but be I'm sorry. But I'm glad you're here, here on, on this side. I mean, that's, that's an incredible story. Well, and that's just one of many. But the, don't be sorry, man, because the struggle is the way, right? And yeah, life is good. Life is great. Heck yeah. Yeah, I mean, dude, that you know, struggle is is something, but struggle on that level, that's a you know, that's a whole other thing. And I guess that's you know, I've never I've never experienced struggle like that. So you know. Uh, Having having a support system and, and, and sort of a guide and a plan for people that are kind of going through that, I think is super important. So, kudos to you, man, for creating um, for creating this business. So it's a so it's an outreach program, or tell well, me tell it, me about this program. So what I built is an online mastermind that can be anybody can do it anywhere at any time as long as they have a smartphone or um, you know computer access, whatever. But I can also teach it in person, right, to large mm -hmm. groups at mass. And it's really three basic constructs, right? The first one is helping you understand who your confidants are. You know, the average American, Armando, has 2.2 to 2.6 people they can trust in their lives, right? So if I asked you that question, you might tell me the answer is three. If you say you got five, good for you. That's amazing, right? There's a guy, right, um... Robin Dunbar, he did all his book studies in the 90s and throw on called the Dunbar number of 150. That's the number of people you can actually kind of uh, associate with and manage in your life. But in Dunbar's recent book called Friends, he also indicates that five confidants is the most that you can really manage in your life as well, like the people you can trust. But whoever you're thinking about for your confidants, Armando, the next question is the most powerful one. And that is, do they know each other or do they only know you? Are they even connected to each other, right? Because hmm. here's what happens. When you start struggling, even if you're just, like I said, trying to achieve a hard goal, you'll reach out to that one friend that knows something about it, but that's it. But if that friend's not connected to your other friends, they don't really have the whole story. They don't really know what's going on in your life. And for those people who are thinking those dark thoughts, they'll reach out to that one friend that they can confide in. And then they might have another friend that they can confide in another part of the story or another part of the story. But without those friends being connected, you, you, no one really knows how to really help you or that you even need help right? when you're trying to reach out. So I took it a different level. I call them lifeguards, and I teach people how to connect their five. I challenge them to go find five, and you do have five. You're just not thinking about it. They're either mentors from days gone past or friends that you got disconnected from, especially in the military. We move like every couple of years, right? Right. But with the advent of technology, you and I are communicating right now from across the country. 
and we could do that. I personally use an app uh, called Marco Polo. I, I love this app because it's free and because you can leave a video message, right? So it's more authentic than the text. How you doing? Oh, I'm good. Are you really? Right? And, and it's, you know, more convenient than setting up and scheduling a meeting like this. You just leave a video whenever you want. You can connect your lifeguards in there. You can start telling them what's going on. And that becomes the foundation of everything that I teach. I teach you how to connect because without that support group, man, you're not going to make it. And that's the biggest piece that vets are missing. Hmm. So people go onto your website, which is? ChrisRonas.com. ChrisRonas.com. And then they get plugged into the, is it an online course or? There's a full free course they can go take right now that teaches these three basic things because I think it is that important, you know, that when folks are struggling, they don't know how to get through it. Here's free information. That minimal thing will at least get you where you need to go to start thinking differently. And that's what it is. So it is a, um, so there's definitely a philanthropic you know, aspect to this, there is also a money-making process to this, correct? This is, it, it is a profit for purpose is what I call it. So for every, okay. every one of my full courses that's purchased, I donate to, to a veteran in need that can't necessarily afford it because my end state user, honestly, is that, uh, the, you know, the person that needs it the most. It's that veteran who's homeless, jobless, has that smart device that's with the cracked screen that they're limping along on a cricket plan month to month, begging and borrowing money from friends and, and trying to use some of those nonprofit and VA resources that are out there, right? And But the problem or the challenge with that particular user is they're not in Maslow's hierarchy of need in the right spot. They're still down at the bottom trying to get basic needs met. This is self-actualization stuff that gets you to the next level so that you don't ever go back to that way of living again. Right. So people come and visit, and they take, they take your free course. They figure out who their confidants are. What's the next step? So the next step is what I call a Kona Life. And the Kona Life is simple steps that we use in aviation when we go to do, execute a mission. The first thing you do is plan. You plan what you're going to do, where you're going to go. So you start to plan for the, the struggles. But before you can do that, you really got to have that insight, that critical thinking of what could they even be, right? That's part of the planning phase is just gathering information. Once you gather that information, then you prep. You start to really build how would I respond to this? Who would I call for that? Uh, what if, what if, what if this happens, right? That's prep. Then you brief. Once you start putting your plan together and you've got it all dialed in about who's willing to do what and you've talked to your confidants and they're willing to help you, and it can be something simple. Hey, man, my car is just not running great. What if it breaks down the side of the highway? Who's coming to get me, right? It can be that simple. This isn't cosmic stuff. So it's like a SWOT analysis. Uh, that's one part of what I have you do, actually. So you plan, you prep, you brief. The step is put your plan in action. Step mm -hmm. in aviation is when we walk out to the aircraft and do a walk around and and check and just make sure everything's mechanically sound and that it's ready to fly, right? Same thing for you is walking around, checking out your body, your mind. What you know? Are you in the right space? Are you physically able to do some of the things that you want to do? That kind of stuff. And then you fly. Action. You go live your life. You put this plan in action. And when, not if, struggle comes for you, whether it's, again, something that you self-induced or, or something that just happened to you, you're ready for it. You've got some plans. At least something to deviate from, Right? And the most important piece after all that that you learn is debrief. 
But the reason why I call it the cone of life is because it's, it is conical shaped in how much time you spend on those things. Everybody else does the pyramid. <laughs> They'll spend this much time planning, this much time prepping, this much time briefing, stepping. And then when crisis happens, oh God, it takes over your whole life, right? When struggle comes, it impacts everything. You're canceling meetings, you're going here, you're going there, everything got changed. But if you flip that upside down and make it a conical shape, spend a whole bunch of time playing the what-if game and planning for those things that you think might happen, then when they happen, you're ready for them. You have a response, even if it's something that isn't exactly the way you saw it going, you know what to do, and it starts with contact your confidants because you also read them into your plans, right? Do you have, you, a, um, do you have a zombie plan in place? I, I do not have a zombie plan yet. How dare you not have a zombie plan? Um, I, I probably should have one. I know that a good function of my plan e e equates to a shotgun and some uh, boarded up doors, but uh. there you go. Uh, yeah, but don't, it, it, so I had a conversation with somebody about this um, in terms of like zombies. Like you got to keep moving, right? I mean, you can't yeah. just sit. That's right. The thing is, like you sit, you're you you know you now you're not only are you going to be a target for zombies, but you're going to be target for you know for people that are on the move trying to trying to get resources. That's right. That's right. So, so would you recommend, um, you know, from 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 your uh, from your perspective, we're going to try to create a plan now for for zombie for the zombie. Okay, let's do it. So when uh, so zombies, so we figured out zombies exist, right? All right. So we're doing um, the plan. And we're like right, we're like right in the like at the very beginning stages of it, though, right? Like That's this right. isn't this isn't two years after the outbreak. This is like outbreak has happened. Outbreak's what are happened. we doing? Oh God! Well, first thing we do. Is we pull out our little trusty card. There you go. And we am. We maintain control. Let's stay calm. We maintain control. Oh my God, zombies! Stay yeah, stay calm. Right. Breathe. And I teach people Breathe. a lot of time to do box breathing, right? The four count. Right. I don't know if you've heard of it. Yeah, I, but, I have. Uh, so, but the point is just breathe. Stay calm for a minute. Don't freak out. In aviation, we say wind the clock. We have a little clock on the dash that's mechanical. And that's what we use to just make sure we don't have fast hands in the cockpit during an emergency like a zombie trying to get on board, right? So maintain mm. control. Analyze the situation. What are the facts, Armando? Okay, there's zombies coming. Are they coming in my house right now? Are they uh, down the street? Do They're I just live in the outside. Middle of the Yeah, we don't know. We have, yeah. There's a lot of unknowns here. Right? A what do we know? Right. right. So, but we got to focus on what we do know. That's right. Because otherwise, right. we're just going to spend our time freaking out, right? That emotional. What we do know is we have a car that has gas in it. We know we have some canned foods, right? So we can, right. we, and we got to get out of the house, right? Or would we you recommend staying there? All right. So now we got. I mean, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't stay. I wouldn't stay in the house, right? Like I would have to get in the car and go. Well, I don't know, man. It depends what kind of house you live in. I mean, I, mean, I got a two-story house. I guess you know, I could, I could. Um, I mean, I could stave off some some zombies for a minute, you know what I mean? Or you know, maybe, like or maybe try to get neighbors to come in. Well, right? maybe, right? But like you said, and you, create you, a. If you're in a tight neighborhood, you don't know if the neighbors are zombies already, right? That's true. They could have been bitten, and they're not going to tell me they got bit. Right, but we like to say all the time in aviation, it depends, right? Because there's so many variables, right. like you just talked about, and. So, like, I could be out here in South Dakota in the Black Hills in my house right next to Mount Rushmore where there's no people, right? Like, am I going to see a zombie? Is that where you I live? Know, it's, a long, it's I live in the Black Hills of South Dakota, yeah. 
Oh, that's awesome, man. Black Hills yeah, are cool. It, I, I was there it, uh, a few years ago. Yeah, they are awesome. So, yeah, I so you can them. see, yeah, you can see people come in and go in and, yeah. So maybe that's yeah. the that's the plan is to get out of a, a populated city. Yeah, I'd, I'd say that'd be the best part of the plan. And if you're already out of the populated city, then good. And so let's keep thinking about what we need to do to prepare. Okay, hey, is this going to be something that is going to be over quickly or is this going to be a long-term deal? You know, mm. how am I going to get groceries? How am I going to get gasoline if I need more gasoline? Supplies, right? Rookies talk tactics, Armando. Pros talk logistics, right? What kind mm. of logistics do I need for long-term sustainment to get me through this apocalypse without becoming a zombie myself? Right? Makes sense. Logistics, right? not tactics. What's the yeah. difference? Well you, well, you need mm. both. Tactics is the how I'm going to take out that zombie or how I'm going to avoid them. My number one defense is always going to be to run. I'm not going to try and put up a fight, man, unless I'm cornered, right? Like, I got ah, two legs. so you're not on the offensive there. Ah, you're going to try. That, yeah, to me, that is offensive. No be there. What if they're 28 days later zombies, like fast zombies, like, you know, the ones that, like, chase you down? Yeah, I don't know. My... Again, this would be a great uh, study of the zombies. I hopefully, I've gathered enough data right now to understand their movements, right? How they're moving, how fast are they? What are their weaknesses? What are their vulnerabilities, right? What are their strengths? Do they all have different How are you strengths? getting that information? Well, I mean, come on. CNN, the Internet, the Fox News, the they internet, don't lie. The Internet. Yeah, they don't you lie. Think that, um, you think that they're <laughs> going to be talking about? They're going to be like, all right, guys. Here's the weaknesses. This is what you need to focus on. <laughs> I can see a zombie I mean, right now, like on, on Fox News or CNN, just uh, trying to pretend that they're not a zombie right. and telling everybody it's right. okay. <laughs> it's okay. Just it's hang okay out in your house. Yeah. Keep your doors unlocked. Definitely yes. keep your doors unlocked. Yeah. Um, no, that's, that's a, you know, all, all, all fun and games. But um, I do like the idea of being prepared. I'm, you know, I'm definitely an optimist, you know, and I'm always, you know, thinking that things are going to be all right. I don't necessarily always think about the, uh, the risks involved in, uh, in the action. Um, my wife, on the other hand, is much more, uh, thoughtful in, 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 in that regard. And she thinks, well, and by nature, right. By nature in in cockpit resource management, one of the things that we uh, learn early on is that, you know, men, we have machismo, right? Hey, check this out. See what I can do. Girls are more the protector and they have a bigger safety bubble and they'll be the first ones to speak up and go, Hey, I don't think this is a good idea. You know? Right. And like 99%, which is, which is why they live longer than we do. That's right. They're right. Right. So it's important to pay attention to that, uh, that input because they do think differently and it's valuable. Absolutely valuable. Right. So yeah, hundred percent. How do you train yourself to think about, you know, I guess potential risks and struggles and plans when that isn't necessarily how you really think about, you know, or how you just kind of operate on a daily basis. Cause I don't, I mean, I'm, I'm starting to slowly, <laughs> you know what I mean? But not really, yeah. you know, well, not and, really thinking and, about. And most people don't, I mean, let's be honest. Most people are just living the day, right. Going through the motions and, this is what I know about life. This is what I've experienced, and this is how I live. And you can look at the different classifications of people, and you can see that that's just they're a product of the environment they live in, right? 
I learned this stuff because I was a product of the environment in the military that I was in where we had to learn those things. We had to learn to mitigate risk, right? So why? So that we could fly another day, right? So we could keep hacking right. the mission and get, get it done. And so that's one of the things we learn in Navy, and we really observe and monitor and manage risk. So the first step is, honestly, it's a mindset change. It's, it's like you're already an optimist, so this would be easy for you. A pessimist, this would be challenging. And the challenge is, how can I be proactive in a life that I'm living where everything is reactive and I'm having to adjust constantly? Man, maybe the bills are stacking up. Maybe I'm living paycheck to paycheck. Or maybe uh, there's just some personal health challenges going on in my family or something that's just overwhelming my life, right? How am I supposed to be mm -hmm. proactive? Simple. The same way you walk. One step at a time. Just do something right. in that direction, right? And you'll start to change the way you think. And having that support system that you're talking about. That is the single most important foundation. You know, if, if you haven't taken the time to figure out who your trusted confidants are and then found the courage to connect them together. And that's hard because we keep our social circles separate for reasons, right? I mean, I love my friends from high school, but I don't want my knucklehead friends communicating with my, my professional military officer friends, right? That's, that's what I think, but that's not, that's not true. Like, we think that they're going to tell all my deep secrets or, you know, we're always worried about what people think of us. But right. that's the silliest thing on the planet to do because people are all too busy thinking about what other people think about them to think about you. <laughs> right? So and how so, are you creating? Uh, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Well, I was just going to say, so that friend, if they're really your friend, if they're really your trusted confidant, it's because they have your best interest at heart. They want to see you succeed, right? They're, they're the ones that are going to throw your name down for that opportunity or be there at 2 o'clock in the morning when you call. And the same with these friends and that friend and that friend. And so when you bring them together and say, guys, I'm trying to make myself better. I'm trying to get past some bad habits and trying to make some new ones. And here's, kind of what, here's the stuff I'm willing to share with you. I mean, we've all got things we're taking to the grave with us, man. <laughs> you know? And when you do that, you'll be surprised. They're they're right there for you. Yeah, man. But it, that takes a huge, huge act of courage to take that first step. But as many times as I've done this, over 50 groups of men right now, not a single one of them has shown a vulnerability to their friends. And their friends are like, what? You wimp. Suck it up. No, that's not happened. The opposite happens. Oh, dude, I had a similar struggle. And here's how I got through that. Here's my shared experience. And they're like, what? You you had this struggle too? No way. You're the man. How did you? Yeah, I did. Whoa. That's the revelation that happens every time. But how do you get people to realize that they need to do that? I guess it's it, it's when you're in a situation where you're struggling and you're like, yeah, I have, I, I'm, I'm looking for, you, you, what would you call them, lifeguards? Lifeguards, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're, you know, you're struggling and drowning and you're like, oh, I just need to reach out to someone. That's so inevitably. a lot easier. That's inevitably when it happens is when someone is going through a hard time. But what I'm trying to teach, well, what I am teaching, it's, it, hey, it's transmit, receive, right? I could teach it all day long, but if a person doesn't do the work, the result is the same as where they're living right now, right? Totally. But I teach them right now, hey, you should be thinking about this now. If you're, whether you're in a struggle or not, if you're just living some life, connect your confidence because it's not if, it's when. Have, be ready. That's true. Be ready. Yeah. So when you're teaching them, I guess, the strategies to create the plan, it isn't necessarily to, like, think about 
everything that could go wrong. Because, like, I mean, it's millions of things that could go wrong. Uh, oh, it's yeah. Just, it's just, it's, all right, here are the things that you need to work on when things are happening. Is that correct? Yeah. More well, of the logistics and not the tactics. <laughs> well, one of the first tools I, I use, it's, it's just a wellness check. You, there's a million of them out there, Life Circle, all different kinds. I call mine the gas gauge. It stands for the Get Awesome Scale. And the whole mm. reason why, it, that's my mantra, is like get awesome and stay awesome. Like getting awesome is easy, Armando. I can go to the gym once a week, but I need yeah. that consistency in order to stay awesome. It's about, you know, striving to move that needle. Right. So in the gas gauge, in the gas gauge, there's basically seven elements, seven areas of your life that I I encourage you to score based on how you feel about those areas of your life. And then when you total those up and divide by seven, that becomes your totalizer. And for men, what's really powerful about this number is it becomes a numerical value to describe the emotional stuff going on in your life without having to describe a single emotion. I could be like, hey, Armando. My gas gauge number today, Chris Ronis, I'm an 87. You're like, all right, sweet. 87 switch, I got it. We could meet two weeks from now, and I could have not even looked at that stuff again. Right? And you could say, hey, dude, how's it going? How's your gas gauge? And you're like, oh, yeah. Um, you know, I haven't even thought about it. What did I tell you it was last time? Because you're going to remember that quicker than I will, because I've been living life. You have that right. one snapshot in time of me and you in our interaction. You're going to be like, yeah, you were at 87. Oh, 87. Here's how it works. Even if they didn't do and revisit that assessment ever again, because it's a subjective number that you created, you're inherently going to give it a higher number if life is better in one of those seven areas. You're inherently going to give it a lower number if life is worse. And guess what that does? That opens the door for conversation. Oh, man, dude, 87. You know, I'm, I'm like a 62 now. 62? Dude, what happened? The answer could be, bro... I don't feel like talking about it, but at least your confidants know to keep an extra eye on you and be there for you, even if it's just to watch the game, right? Even if it's just to hang out. The answer could be, well, like you remember it. that thing I was telling you about, this one element that this struggle did occur, and it was so fast and furious, I didn't even get a chance to tell anybody about it, but I could use some help now. Okay, yeah, let's get you through it, man. So that's one of the basic things. You talked about SWOT analysis. That's one of the next tools I have them do is after they start feeling how they feel in that area, I have them break it down, each one of those, with a SWOT analysis. And then they can yeah, figure out where really the good. opportunities in their lives are, where the threats are, all that. And that's how you start to do critical yeah. guided thinking to get to which struggles do I want to try and prepare for. Makes sense. Dude, I like that. I like that a lot. So where do you see this business going in the next five years? Well, in the next five years, I've got a larger plan for it. Right now, I'm, I'm, uh, you know, my customers are the Department of Defense, the VA, and nonprofits that are serving veterans because those are the ones that are providing to the users that I need to get to, right, that, that need this. This isn't just – they're very focused on suicide prevention, and that's how I started. But what I realized is if suicide prevention is the center of a donut, that's where our focus is. But when you eat a donut, you don't focus on the center. You focus on all the important pieces around it. So it's hmm. about getting busy living instead of getting busy dying, right? So in five years, Armando, there's a great model that Special Operations Command uses called POTA. It stands for Preservation of the Force and Family. It is a brilliant model, and they're the only, only agency in the, Depart- the Department of Defense that has that funded through programmatic funding right now in the president's budget. 
But what it is, is it's essentially imagine coming to work and you have this team for you. You have a physician, you have a nurse practitioner, you have um, a religious expert, chaplain, whatever that might be. You have a um, uh, what we call family advocacy. Imagine you're a social, social worker expert that knows all the resources that are out there, right? Then you have a behavioral psychologist, the, hey, man, I'm having a tough time with something and I don't know how to process it. You have a cognitive psychologist that, hey, I want to learn how to read faster or I want to, you know, I want to learn how to use this as a weapon system better, faster, smarter, stronger, right? That's your cognitive guy. Teaches you all those great things your brain can actually do. Then you have physical therapists, physical trainers, right? And imagine just being able to go through that team. They're all one team together with an overarching leader, right? And you go through them like you take your car through a Jiffy Lube. And you say, all right, give me my 50-point inspection. And you share with them what you're willing to share on a psychological aspect. Goals, dreams, aspirations. They review your medical stuff and go, here's some things that are broken. And they say, okay, here's what we found. What do you want to fix? What do you want to work on? We're here for you. Imagine having that wow. type of capability in your normal average workspace and having Damn. this You Matter framework where you do the critical thinking to figure out how you want to improve to go with that. That's where I see this going in five years. That sounds incredible. Very, very cool, man. Very, very cool. Um, I could talk to you for another uh, hour and a half, but I got to wrap it up. But yeah, no. Um, no, man, really super interesting stuff. Um, really under, uh, I, I get what you're doing. I respect what you're doing. Um, and so, yeah, just let people know where they can find you again. One more time. Yeah. Chris Ronis.com. You can also find me on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn. And this isn't just for active duty and veterans, correct? I no, mean, it's, specifically I, that's your target, but this is, yeah, my, my target is active duty veterans and their spouses. But if you're a human being that just wants to get better and you'd like to learn some cool tools from aviation and military experience, this will work for you. It's not it's not all exclusive. Yeah, no, I love it. I love it. Cool. Well, dude, thanks so much, Chris Ronis, everybody. Thank you, guys. And um, that was our show, Spaghetti on the Wall, brought to you by Leduc Entertainment for all of your digital marketing needs. Um, and you can watch Spaghetti on the Wall anywhere. YouTube, Spotify, Apple Music, you name it, you can find it. And we'll see you all next week for another episode. Thanks, Chris.